Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. Keep in mind, if you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com, and take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing just makes sense. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another Friday Look Back episode of the Invest Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Castillo, and this is my opportunity to provide you with the best insights and advice into the world of real estate investing. So today, um, I wanted to to focus on a couple of different ways of investing, um, the differences between value and growth investing. And the reason that I want to focus on this is I had an interesting conversation with a with an investor this week, and you know one of the one of the comments that they made um, about you know one of our properties was that it it wasn't sexy and and you know I kind of uh, chuckled a little bit because yeah you know the the property is is doesn't have a tennis court doesn't have a rec center isn't what we would call a class A property, meaning that it's it's newer, has you know nicer amenities. Uh, maybe it's on one of the more affluent parts of uh, of San Antonio. Um, but the property is it, it's in a great location. It's going to perform. Um, we have some value that we're going to add to the property, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a little bit. But most of you uh, that listen to the podcast probably only know me as the host of the of the podcast. But I'm also the the, the founder and principal of uh, my private equity company, SAS Texas Capital. And one of the things that we've been observing uh, from conversations and just kind of the, the market in general um, is that investors right now are, are very cautious, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We are ourselves being very cautious. Um, you know, I'm underwriting uh, deals right now and uh, nothing is, is penciling, meaning that nothing is, is meeting our, our key return metrics that would make it an attractive uh, investment. Um, and we're, we're having to ask, you know, some, some tough questions, um, you know, in, in the meantime. So, you know, investors are in the same boat um, as, as they look for alternatives to the financial markets. Uh, right now, it's tough to it's tough to find deals that that really make sense, and that's why you know on today's show I want to talk about some strategies that work in um, different uh, states of the economy, whether we are in a uh, declining economy or an expanding uh, economy. So you know traditionally, when when the markets are hot and the the economy is expanding, it's natural to focus on a growth type of investing. Because the growth in those types of uh, conditions will give you the best results. That's true in real estate investing, just as it's, it, it's also true in the stock market. But then in times like, like we are in now, where the markets are contracting and the economy is hunkering down, um, the best results will come from focusing on value. And value will outperform growth over the span of different economic cycles. And the reason for that. Um, is because if you focus on value, you will always benefit from growth when growth happens. You get kind of the double kicker of both value and growth. So if you're focused solely on growth, 
then you're going to get stuck when the market is contracting, uh, kind of like what we're, what we're seeing right now. You know, in real estate, we witnessed growth over the last few years, you know, happening in, in prices, uh, growth was happening in, in rents, um, in cost of services and materials, everything was going up in price. And during this growth period, it was a great time to sell and a difficult time to buy, again, because it was, you know, it's great for sellers because prices were, were up, um, hard for buyers because, you know, conversely, we're trying to find, you know, a, a good deal in, in real estate. And, a, you know, a good deal in real estate is not just buying um, at, a, at a discount. There's basically three, three buckets um, in, that investing in real estate kind of translates into. Number one is, is, yeah, you are looking to buy at a discount. If you think back to what happened back in, in the wake of 2008, and if you were able to, uh, if you were fortunate enough to buy in 2010, uh, 11, 12, and even into 2013, you probably bought value in most cases back then. Um, you were buying for a fraction of the construction cost. And in a lot of the cases, um, you know, you were paying pennies on a dollar for, uh, for some of these properties. You know, I, I remember as an investor back in, 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 in those years, you know, if I, if I could buy a house for under uh, $80,000, I was, I was, I was pretty happy. Um, and if I paid 90 or a hundred thousand dollars, then I was probably paying too much. And, and, you know, looking back now, it's easy to, to reminisce over, you know, the great deals that were, that were to be had, you know, back in those days. I even I even remember uh, you know standing at the courthouse steps, you know as as the the auctions were taking place, and you could buy homes for as little as twenty five thousand dollars, you know at the at the courthouse auction, and that was you know that was just it's just unheard of now in in in, in today's uh, environment. But value investing is is just what it sounds like. It's it's a form of investing where you create value, and the value creation depends on a few things that can be, you know, a little subjective. So one, if you're adding value, you want to make sure that you're adding value that the market actually wants to pay for. So in the instance of our property um, at Peach Creek, which by the way, has been uh, rebranded and is now, uh, will from now on be called the Bella. Um, so at the Bella, that's a property where it doesn't make sense for us to go in and add say a rec center that, that type of value is not what the market in that particular area is looking for. Um, so that's, you know, that's an easy example of adding value, but adding the right kind of value. You know, at the Bella, upgrading the kitchens and baths, now that is value that the residents and the, the potential tenants of that, the, that type of property uh, will, will uh, definitely uh, look for. And that is a way for us to increase then uh, the rents that we're asking for, and eventually force appreciation in the property by increasing the net operating income. So remember that value is always measured in the eyes of the tenant or the buyer, and not necessarily in your eye. So while you may think that adding ceramic tile is a great idea and looks fantastic, uh, vinyl plank flooring uh, may look almost as good, but it's going to be a fraction of the cost of laying that ceramic tile. And then remember that value investing also means um, in investing in assets that are recession resistant. And they're recession resistant because when you're investing in value, you're bringing or solving a basic need. 
again, like multifamily housing, uh, storage, uh, maybe even uh, land development. And investing in recession resistant assets means avoiding uh, more volatile assets like uh, retail spaces and office spaces, uh, which can suffer you know, in, in the event of an economic downturn. So again, value investing um, to me kind of encompasses the best of, of both worlds. You, you can capture value, you can add value, you can force appreciation. And then when uh, a growth cycle comes around, you're still there and you're still able to take advantage of that uh, growth cycle and you get kind of the best of both worlds. And if you're a value investor, that means paying attention to you know, the market. You don't wanna overpay for a property if you are a value investor. Um, and if you do overpay, it's because you see the potential to transform that property into something that's completely different. And that may not be visible to the casual observer, but for the real estate investor, uh, they're the ones that see that, that older dilapidated uh, house uh, at the corner uh, with an old garage in the back, that house could be transformed into a duplex uh, with another uh, 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 property. Uh, that garage can be transformed into another apartment uh, that can be rented out. And all of a sudden you have three income streams uh, for one property. And that's what the trained investor can, can see that maybe the casual observer uh, may not be able to see. And, and growth investing. So, so growth investing on the other hand, is you're kind of relying on buying a property with the belief that the property will go up in value in the future. And there's a fine line between growth investing and what I call speculating. And speculating is, you know, it's, it's purely buying something just with the utter hope that it's gonna go up in value. Now in real estate, you can make calculated decisions on uh, locations and property types, things that you have a pretty good idea that um, that something is going to go up in value over time, and you can invest from as a growth investor in those types of properties. What I love about value investing, though, is that we don't rely on the market to deliver, you know, that rising tide. So going back to my uh, example of our property, the Bella, uh, the Bella is in a great location in San Antonio. The uh, the economic activity, the economic development, the gentrification that's taking place in that uh, part of San Antonio is happening all around our property. However, when we did our analysis on the property, we solely took into account how we could force appreciation, how we could, how we could better manage and be more efficient with that property. And we didn't factor in any, any uh, artificial uh, or market upside because if that happens, um, then, then we'll benefit. Uh, we're, we're already there, we already own the property and we're not, we're not gonna rely on the market to deliver you know, any upside. Um, we, our analysis took into account simply um, the, the net income and our ability to force appreciation and increase uh, income at the property over the next five years. And I, I feel strongly that, that when we look at properties that way, um, and we're not focused solely on maximizing returns, uh, but about maximizing safety and ensuring that the revenue streams will be solid, um, then value investing uh, over the long run will be the best way to, to approach uh, investing in real estate. And value investing can even be like a quick flip. You know, if you can buy a property at a steep enough of a discount, you know, you can turn around and, and, and sell that property with minimal effort 
Um, that's an example of value investing. Um, but more than likely, value investing takes a longer uh, time horizon uh, than a quick flip. So um, again, going back to, to our conversation with my investor, uh, yeah, this, the, the property that we, that we just bought, the Bella, is not a, uh, you know, it's not going to have a tennis court, doesn't even have a pool, um, but it's going to produce over the next five years because we're going to add value to it. Uh, we're going to refurbish uh, kitchens, baths, we're going to refurbish the floors, things like that that will create value and increase in net operating income in that property. One thing that I can tell you with with a fair degree of certainty is in five years, um, the Bella is going to be worth more than what we paid for it today. So the, the, the impact of value investing will be felt um, at that property over the next five years. So yes, not a sexy property, um, but on the flip side, it's a property that will perform. And I believe our investors will be very happy uh, with the cash flow it produces and with the returns that we'll see over the next five years. That's so there you have it. That's my take on uh, really kind of the, the two types of investment strategies, uh, growth versus value. Uh, you know, there, there's pros and cons to, to each of them. But, you know, if you ask me, um, and again, thinking about the investor that I was talking to, I would rather buy a property that's half vacant, 30 years old, never painted, um, you know, multifamily uh, building than a fully leased, brand new, you know, class A uh, apartment building. And if you ask me why, um, I, I will tell you because I prefer to make, you know, outstanding returns on my real estate investments. And you find that most often when you can add value uh, to a property uh, versus buying properties that, that, uh, that you're hoping will, will just appreciate uh, over time. So that's kind of my take. And, um, you know, hopefully you learned something on, on the podcast today. If you did, uh, I would appreciate it greatly if you would leave a five-star rating uh, and a review uh, for the podcast. That's uh, the best way that you can help uh, grow the show um, and spread the message. So once again, thank you for, for listening and uh, we will talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. So what'd you think? If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing just makes sense. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.